Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I'll be your private dancer, dancing for money. Y'all, me and mom have run all over London. Okay, well, like central London. Central London's actually very small. To me, it's walkable. For mom, not so much. I've got her averaging about 3.5 miles a day. She made it clear that that's her maximum. She was like, I'm not doing seven miles and 10 miles with you. You can let that go. We were going somewhere yesterday. And I was like, oh, it's only a mile. We could just cross over the bridge and we'll be right there. It actually takes longer in traffic than it does to walk. And she said, we just going to take longer in traffic. Call an Uber. I was like, mommy, it's just over. Mm -mm. I'm not walking with you. Okay. So we went and got lunch, and then we went to the theater to see the Tina Turner show. It's one of the best musicals I've seen in a long time. It made me remember how much I love musicals. Like, I was never a theater kid, but I like, you know, drama and glamour and, you know, budget. Definitely a budget. Beautiful sets, glamorous gowns, large cast of Negro people, British Negroes. It was wonderful. I think I told y'all I get a little bored in the theater sometimes. Live productions don't always do it for me. Never checked my watch once. When it was over, I was sad. Excellent. 
You know what's interesting about London theater? So, you know, at home, if you go to the theater, the most expensive seats are like the front rows. In London, not so much. The actual first three or four rows at the theater are less expensive than, say, row five, six, and seven. I mean, it makes sense, like, when you're sitting in the theater, because if you're too close up, then you're sort of, like, looking up at the action as opposed to looking straight ahead at it. I get it. But, like, when I went on the site to get the tickets, I was like, oh, like, it's cheaper in row one than it is in row six? Okay. But I got good seats, like fifth row center, and I'm glad I did. It was so worth it. It was so, so, so good. If you watch What's Love Got to Do With It, the musical is based more so on the book than on the movie. The first act is almost identical to the movie. Her second act includes more of her post-Ike life and how she got back on her feet, which I'm sure the movie covered, but I have no recollection of. The final scene in the movie to me is when she showed up at the hotel and was like, I have 36 cents to my name and I can't pay you, but I promise I will, but I need a room for the night. I don't remember anything else in the movie past that. Oh, the court scene where she got her name back. But I don't remember the reboot of Tina and how she became the Tina Turner, like iconic Tina Turner. Private dancer, dancing for money. I don't remember that part from the movie. Maybe it was there, maybe it wasn't. I haven't seen that movie in forever and a day, but it was so good. Like I cried the way Ike was beating on her. And then when she finally left, it's a really long play. Definitely your money's work. I would say like it's two and a half hours. And it's a very physical production because Ike is like beating her ass. And they do several scenes where, where it's really like chaotic and hectic to give you a sense of I'm getting my ass beat. And then I'm going on stage and I'm getting my ass beat. I got to feed these babies, take care of my kids. And then I go back on stage or I just got out the hospital because I tried to overdose. And like, literally I'm going from the hospital to the stage. But the energy of those scenes is very fast paced to give you a sense of there's no room for rest or downtime. This woman is being worked like a rented mule. And again, like it's very physical because of the time. And then also Ike beating her ass. Like the actress, when they're doing the fake punches, she's falling onto the floor with a slam. And then there's one point where like Ike has her in a headlock and he's like running her around the stage in circles. I tell you this because this woman does all of this, you know, literally running around on the stage, backstage, outfit changes, falling on the floor, getting choked out. It's still giving you all the best of Tina Turner's hits, singing in, in good Broadway voice. And at the end of the show, because you're just getting snippets of the songs throughout, they give you like a full concert of three more songs. And this woman gives you full Beyonce level energy. I mean, maybe not for this tour, because I've heard people say like Beyonce's not giving big Beyonce energy like they're accustomed to. I'm going to see her in Paris next week. I'll report back and let you know. But this actress, what is her name? I had to go look her up. British lady, Alicia Paul Moses. That's her name. Only reason I know she's British is because obviously Tina Turner is American. And then throughout the show, sometimes like in, in like the big emotional scenes, her British accent would come out. It didn't take anything away from the show. It was just like, oh, OK, the actress is British. Um, but she did an amazing job. And I wonder how old the actress was only because I'm looking at her and I'm like, she don't look like 25. How old is she? She's 39, which I really love because so much of Tina Turner's story is about her making a comeback at 40, which 
you know, people consider 40 the end of earth now, but like in the eighties, it was like, no, not, not even your middle age. Like you're over the hill, you're old. You need to go sit down and sing gospel or nursery rhymes or some shit. Like you 40 years old trying to walk around in mini skirts and do rock and roll and punk rock hair. Like, ma'am, and not even in like the ma'am respectful sense, but a ma'am is in like you old sense. They weren't feeling it, but she was able to make this comeback at 40, like sell out stadiums and be super sexy and give everything the young girls were giving at 40 something. That's part of the reason that everyone loves Tina Turner, that, and she made great music. But I love that the actress is 39, so she's like in the Tina age range that Tina was when she mounted her comeback, when she rebranded as quote and unquote, just Tina, no Ike. I loved it. It was so good. Like I would actually go see it again. It's actually two women who are sharing the lead role of Tina, which makes sense to me. It's such a physical role. And they're doing this production at least two days. There are matinees. We went to see the matinee yesterday, but there was like a 2.30 and again at 7.30. When we left the theater, I was like, yo, this lady going to do all that again tonight. But apparently there are two Tinas. I would love to see the other Tina too. Even though the Tina I saw was absolutely amazing. I just want to see what the other Tina is giving. But we have run all over this city. We found a Black-owned restaurant, like a ritzy, fancy, sexy Black-owned restaurant. They were doing Gunyan and Nigerian food. I had to send the menu to DaVita. They were charging $27 for Gunyan street food. That's like $1.50 in Ghana. It was good as hell, too. I told y'all after I ate that egg salad sandwich, I was like, I'm done. I need Black food. It's expensive Black food. DaVita also told me, and she was like, if you don't get your ass out of Mayfair and go to Brixton, she was like, it ain't going to be Ghana cheap. But she was like, you're not going to pay $27 for some Red Red. But it was good. It was worth it. And it was sexy, too. Stork in Mayfair. Mayfair is like New York's version of, it's not really Fifth Avenue, more like Soho. Even though London has a Soho, it's one of my favorite parts of the city. It's also really expensive, but it's cute as hell. We went there. We went to Harrods. We went to Covent Garden. We went to the market out in Bankside. we just been all over. And I asked my mom, I was like, do you want to go see like, you know, actually like tourist stuff? Do you want to see Westminster Abbey? Because, you know, they just had the coronation or or parliament. And she was like, no, she's been here before. She came here when she was in high school. And then when I lived here, she and my dad came to visit. So she was like, I don't need to see it again. I know what it looks like. And we keep passing it driving. I was like, you don't want to tour it? And she was like, no. I was like, oh, all right. We have a few more places to see. I'm excited to see black people because where I've been hanging out, it ain't been a lot of us. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. What is going on in the world? You know, every week when I do the podcast, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Has anything happened? There's always something. I saw, um, let me get her name right. Danaea Jackson. She spells her name out phonetically on her Instagram account. She is the, I don't know if their divorce is final. So I guess it's estranged wife on the way to being ex-wife of relationship, quote unquote, guru, Derek Jackson. Tasha Kay, if you recall this story, outed him for infidelity. Apparently he cheated on his wife on multiple occasions. He infamously did the video where I think most of his audience knew he was married, but had never, I don't. I don't recall ever seeing his wife before. It was my first quote unquote introduction to her on his video where he admitted to infidelity. I don't remember what shirt she had on. I just remember she didn't have on a brassiere and a bonnet. She said it wasn't a bonnet. She said it was a hat, but it looked like a bonnet. But you know, Derek Jackson was, is a nice looking guy. And you know, he was pulled together like fresh shape up, freshly moisturized. Like he looked nice. And then his wife is sitting there beside him as he's confessing to infidelity. And it just was very much a setup for her because the internet doing what it does, which, you know, sometimes the internet can be a very great place. Sometimes it could be absolutely awful. In this case, it was awful, but they blamed his wife for his infidelity. And they were like, well, look at her which I think he did on purpose. I did a whole podcast episode. It might've been called Sorry, Miss Jackson or Miss Jackson, something like that. But he announced, I guess a few months ago now, that he and his wife were going their separate ways. He made a point to note that he filed for separation. And I was like, I know good and hell well. Like you didn't cheat on this woman. It becomes a national news story. You pulled the lady out the kitchen to sit on the couch and, and record this video where she's not looking her best. She went through a phase where she was cursing out people online, which your husband cheats on you and then nationally embarrasses you. And then the world blames you for being cheated on as if you were the one who cheated. That's that's a lot for a person to handle. And then she was like cursing the naysayers, like literally like curses and hexes on some like Miss Seely shit till you do right by me. Like all that. And then he announced that he was leaving her. And I was like, oh no, you could at least gave her the dignity of saying she filed like you fucked up. You embarrassed her. And then you left. Like you could have skipped all this, my dude, and just left to begin with. You ain't have to drag the woman like that. And definitely not publicly. But I say all this to say, she has done a sit down interview. It airs on May 24th. She's talking to Lataris R. Whitfield. I'm not familiar with Lataris. I will be on May 24th. I will be tuned in. I want to hear what ma'am has to say. Because Mr. Jackson has had much to say. There's nothing more that he loves than an Instagram update. I saw over the weekend that he wished her a happy Mother's Day. Anytime I see a man write something about his wife and it's more than a couple sentences, I get nervous. Not all men, some men. It's like they love to tell the world, they love to tell the world how like a woman has sacrificed for them or gone to the gutter for them or been broken over them, but then also didn't leave them. It's the most like, it's the most ego masturbatory shit I've ever seen. So many men do it so often. It's like, you stood by me even though I didn't deserve you. Nigga, you ain't got to tell the world I'm putting up with bullshit to be with you. Just let the world think I'm just with you. You ain't got to tell them like my shit ain't right. Men just love that shit. Let me see if I can look it up. <laughs> Instead of just giving her like a good happy Mother's Day, which you could have just texted. There was no real reason he had to do a public shout out. But it was just such a fucked up, 
Let me see if I can find it. Maybe he took it down. Nope, it's still up. No matter what changes we've had in our lives. You didn't have to say that. Happy Mother's Day. He says, I've never seen changes in your dedication to our children. You really could have said thank you for your dedication to our children. You ain't have to bring up the past. Thank you for showing up for them, even in times you struggle to show up for yourself. Why must you remind me and everyone, all all 1.3 million people who wasn't thinking about me or you, who have moved on from the whole embarrassing saga, why must you remind them how I've struggled? Thank you for learning a whole new love language. She had to learn all this new shit because of you. Mothers like you don't get enough credit. That was fine. That's fine. But on today, I hope you feel as appreciated as you are. Our children are blessed to have you in their lives, and I will always honor you for the endless sacrifices. Can you just say happy Mother's Day? All this extra reminding people that, oh, you've sacrificed and you've struggled and you've had to learn new shit. Sir, just a happy Mother's Day will do. But she's now getting to tell her side of the story. I appreciate in the promo for the story that she posted on her page, her hair is did. Her face is beat. She got a cute outfit on. And more importantly, she has a big smile and she actually looks happy, which I don't follow her super closely. But for a while, everything she posted made it to the bigger blog. So that's how I saw it. But I've never seen her with a genuine smile on her face. I was like, ma'am, looks like she's had some healing. Or maybe she just got away from his ass and her life got a whole lot better. We'll find out on May 24th. I really hope she's okay because that man put her through a lot. Or, you know, she stayed and put up with a lot to be with that man. Both can be true. But I like to hear her side of the story. It's not in the middle of chaos. I hope the woman's healed. She looks healed. She looks great. She was never an unattractive woman. She's just a woman going through some shit. You were dealing with all that bullshit between the husband and the internet. Internet will drive you fucking crazy if you let it. So will a bad husband. (sighs) What else is going on? The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I guess we need to talk about Harry and Meghan. They allege, and for clarity, I believe that they and Meghan's mama went to an event in New York City the other night. And they say upon leaving, they say they were chased by paparazzi for two hours trying to get home. The British press is having a field day and they're just like, oh, Meghan and Harry desperately seeking attention. This is bullshit. Other commentators as well. I've seen some online buzz about it, but people started talking about, they were like, well, how are you going to have a high speed chase in Manhattan? Because New York is too congested and you can't actually speed and they're going to drive around for two hours on a high speed chase. That's some shit that happens in LA. Clearly they don't spend enough time in New York. I lived in New York for 17 years. I had a car for six or seven of those years. You absolutely can speed up and down the FDR at 10 o'clock at night. It's 7 p.m.? Absolutely not. This shit's like a parking lot. 9 p.m., 10 p.m., you could drive 80 up and down. You're weaving in and out of traffic, but you absolutely can drive at high speeds in New York City. Tell Mayor Eric not to come prosecute me. I don't live there no more. 
The original statement came on May 17th, the morning after the car chase. A spokesperson for Harry and Meghan said last night, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and Miss Raglan, a.k.a. Meghan Mama, were involved in a near-catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. The spokesperson said the pursuit lasted for more than two hours, while, and the spokesperson acknowledged, while being a public figure comes with a level of interest from the public, it should never come at the cost of anyone's safety, which I agree. A member of Meghan and Harry's security team talked to CNN. Chris Sanchez, he said, I have never seen, experienced anything like this. What we were dealing with was very chaotic. There were about a dozen vehicles, cars, scooters, and bicycles. TMZ reports the pursuit was at its most intense on the FDR Drive, a highway on Manhattan's east side. They said Harry and Meghan's SUV got up to about 80 miles per hour as they tried to shake the paparazzi. TMZ also added that a paparazzi car drove the wrong way down a one-way street. I'm reading this on Town & Country, by the way. They've got a compilation of everything that we know or have heard about this incident. The security, Sanchez, continued. This is on CNN. He says the public were in jeopardy at several points. It could have been fatal. Photographers were jumping curbs and red lights. At one point, they blocked the limousine that was carrying the couple and started taking pictures until we were able to get out. He said after arriving to their destination, Harry and Meghan were scared and exhausted, but relieved to be back. There's another gentleman. He's named Tom Buddha. He's the president of the company that Meghan and Harry were using for transportation. He told NBC News the evening was quote unquote frightening for the royals. He says the paparazzi pursuing them were driving aggressively and badly, and they were quote following us to find out where Meghan and Harry were staying. He said it was not a high-speed pursuit, but it was reckless. At one point in the evening, they also took a cab. They were trying to evade the paparazzi, so they got out of the limo. They got into a cab. The Washington Post talked to the cab driver. The cab driver said, I never felt like I was in danger. It wasn't like a car chase in a movie. He also acknowledged that Meghan and Harry were, were, quote, quiet and seemed scared. Backgrid, which is one of the photo agencies that were pursuing them, they've released a statement to People. They say, we want to clarify that we have received photos and videos of last night's events from four freelance photographers, three of whom were in cars and one of whom was riding a bicycle. So they're acknowledging that there were people in pursuit, but they're also justifying it. They say, quote, it's important to note that these photographers have a professional responsibility to cover newsworthy events and personalities, including public figures such as Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They also note that the photographers who submitted images to them were, quote, freelance contributors, i.e. you can't sue us for their shit because they're independent contractors. They say that the photographers believed that Meghan and Harry were going to dinner after an awards ceremony. They said they had no intention of causing any distress or harm as their only tool was their cameras. The agency says the photographers report that it was Prince Harry's security that was driving in a reckless manner and not the photographers. The photographers also said there were no near collisions or near crashes during this incident. 
The photographers have reported feeling that the couple was not in immediate danger at any point. The photographers are saying, I don't see how it was near catastrophic other than crazy hyperbole. Another one said at any point they could have gone to the police station or pulled into a garage. My understanding is that they did go to a police station. That's when they transferred from the limo to the cab. No, I swear I read that. This is a statement from the NYPD. There were numerous photographers that made their transport challenging. They also acknowledged that there were no reported collisions, summonses, injuries, or arrests in that regard. I find what everyone is saying very consistent. It's just not from the same perspective. The photographers are the people in pursuit. So they're saying like, no, they were fine. Like we were, yeah, we were pursuing them. But like, you know, it wasn't dangerous. It wasn't dangerous to them because in this instance, they're the predator. The predator never thinks it's a dangerous situation. The prey, however, is like, what the fuck is going on? This shit is crazy. Someone following you when you don't want to be followed, someone taking pictures of you when you don't want to be photographed is very invasive. I understand that these two are public figures. I think taking pictures of them, they were attending an award ceremony, Women of Vision Awards. You're a huge celebrity and you go out to an award show. People taking pictures of you at the show, during the show, on the red carpet. Shit can be annoying, but it's fair game. When you leave the event and you're trying to get home or even trying to get to dinner, when you're in transit, I don't think that's fair game. And I think especially, which is why I think this story has become such a huge thing, because of the way that Harry's mama, everyone can call her Princess Diana and Diana of this, that, and all these titles. Harry's mama, because that's what she is to him. Because of the way that Harry's mama died, you can't be pursuing that man like that. Like you're, you're fucking with people's triggers. Also, the other weird thing about this story, I understand the agency back grid. When they sent a statement to people, they said Backgrid USA Incorporated. So it's American based. This don't sound like American shit. American paparazzi doesn't really usually act like that. But I can't remember a story in recent memory about celebrities being chased in a car like this, even if it was a slow chase. I think there's definitely more to this story that's going to come out over time. I appreciate it too. Eric Adams, he was like, we all remember what happened to his mama. This is some serious shit. It doesn't take much to imagine the fear that Harry especially had being pursued by the paparazzi and a car going all over the place for two hours. If nothing else, even if they weren't genuinely in harm's way, they felt like they were and they shouldn't be made to feel that way. I don't understand how people are trying to justify this or even cause skepticism on this. No one disagrees about the facts. They're like, oh, they're exaggerating. What are they exaggerating? They said near catastrophic. Like, I don't understand. Like, they think it was like a polite chase. Like, you're trying to get away from someone and someone is in hot pursuit. Like, that in and of itself is not polite. Like, I, I don't know. I do know. This shit's fucked up. I feel really bad for them. And then for people to, like, doubt what happened to them or, or downplay what happened to them. Like, oh, it's not that serious. That's just not okay. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. John Morant, we talked about him at length last episode. 
He's released a statement after his latest fuck up. I still can't believe he did that shit. Also, I saw somebody point out the other day, it's the off season. The Grizzlies have no more games until the fall. This man got suspended on vacation. Like he's suspended from all team activities. There are no team activities right now. They ain't playing. (sighs) This is the statement he sent to ESPN. I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. No shit. (sighs) This is a journey. I guess he's referring to life. And it is. He says, and I recognize there's more work to do. You think? He says, my words may not mean much right now. They don't. But I take full accountability for my actions. Who else going to take accountability for him? You did it. Even if you didn't take accountability. It's on video. We see the gun in your hand. (sighs) He continues. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. This is basically the same shit he said last time he did this dumb shit. Two months ago. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. Like, what are you working on exactly? You're working on not holding guns on Instagram Live? Like, are you working on your impulse control? Like, what specifically are you working on? I've seen tons of people be like, oh, he needs a new set of friends. People are like, oh, he's he's a, he's hanging around people who are bad influence. I haven't seen the friends do shit. The friends that people keep referencing, the friend is the one that moved the camera as quick as he could. Bro was on it. I told you I had to watch the video several times for to see the actual gun because he moved that thing quick. Oh, his friends are bad influences. John Moran is a grown-ass man. He's a young man, yes, but he's, he's also a grown-ass man. I don't know why. People are like, he comes from a suburban home. He comes from a two-parent family. Like, he comes from this good background. He went to private schools all his life. Like, why is he acting like this? I could tell every single one of the people asking these questions didn't grow up in the suburbs. Dudes in the suburbs be the worst ones. Do I want to tell this? Damn near everybody I knew growing up came from a two-parent home. And most of them lived in big-ass houses. One of them, he didn't go to my school, he went to another school, was a huge drug dealer. And I'm not even speculating on this shit. Dude went to jail for selling drugs like four years after he graduated. His family lived in a house that was previously owned by a very well-known athlete. If I dropped the name, you would immediately know who it was. Let's just say it was a big-ass house, like at least 4,000, 5,000 square feet, all brick, pool house in the back. I know another guy... You know how like people see on TV, like people buy their spouses BMW for anniversary presents? Some real like TV balling, like celebrity level shit. His father was a huge, well-known pastor. His son was also a well-known drug dealer. Somebody that actually went to my school, went by his house to pick him up. We were headed somewhere. He was like, oh, come inside. I'm not done with work yet. I go in the house. He's got bins. Do you know how like when you go to like a cookout? They got the big ass bin of rice or like macaroni and cheese. The ones that you put on the burner. He had bins of weed. I could tell you so many stories about suburban dudes that want to be hard. Some of them, this is just a phase of life. And I should also say this. Most of the black suburban dudes that I knew who sold drugs weren't selling them to other black people. Their clientele was their white classmates. But this idea that like, oh, John Morant, like he grew up in like a good home. He grew up with two parents. He grew up in the suburbs. He went to private schools. He's not about that life. Mm. Y'all don't really know that many suburban black dudes. You don't. Especially not the ones that went to private and prep schools. They be some of the worst ones. I was having this conversation with my mother the other day. My friends that went to public schools and also they all lived in the same area as me. Two parent homes, brick houses, two car garages, all that. But my friends who went to public school... 
drank beer and smoked weed. My friends that went to private school, not, not so much the black ones, but the white ones, drank everything and did coke and heroin. There was a chick in my school that used to do heroin in the bathroom every day. And when the administration found out, she got sent to rehab. Like, they didn't call the police. There was always coke around. Went to a party at my friend's house. There were lines of coke on the bathroom counter. People be like, oh, it's the suburbs. It's the same shit as everywhere else. It's just better insulated. You don't have to hang on the corner because you can hang in the basement or the backyard. You do the same shit. It's just out of the public eye. And if you get caught up in it, your parents are well connected to get you out or have enough money to buy you out of the problem. It's the same shit. Teenagers are teenagers. But this whole like John Morant, like he may not have been in gangs. Fair. But all this other like, oh, he's a bad influence. Like he's hanging with street niggas. He's hanging out with the wrong people. He's probably hanging out with people he's known forever. Y'all just have a weird idea of what people in the suburbs look like and act like and what they do. Stop it. You were grossly misinformed. (sighs) I got shit to do today. I got to go get my lashes done before I go to Paris. I got them done literally the day I left South Africa. It hasn't even been two weeks, but like half my lashes are gone. I look crazy. So I got to go fix myself. Pull me together that's not everything oh can we talk about this real quick i really don't have much to say about it gabrielle union did an interview and she talked about how she'd be stressed about money because she and d-way support households outside of their own but more fascinating from the interview for many was her revelation that she and d-way split their bills 50 50 many people pointed out He's worth like three or four times what you're worth. Why are y'all splitting bills 50-50? And does your husband know that you're stressed out about money when he has so much more money than you? Why why is there not some equitable share? Let me tell you the best way to run a household. Whatever the fuck works. That's how you run your household. The way other people run their households, maybe it's the man that pays for everything. Maybe the couple splits things in a way that's, that's equitable. So they're both spending the same percentage of their income to go towards the bills. Maybe the wife pays for everything. Maybe they do 50-50. Maybe they do some other combination. The important part is that the bills are paid on time and the household works. Remember how we talked about Iyanla and Ebony K. Williams? And she was like, I don't want to date the bus driver unless he owns the bus. And then Iyanla was like, well, I would date the bus driver and you're wrong for not wanting to date the bus driver. And then the internet went crazy on whether you should or should not date the bus driver. And I was like, they're both right. People heard what Gabrielle Union said and also brought up a whole bunch of other shit, which I was like, y'all really don't like this lady. Because like the main argument was like, he cheated on you and had that busted baby and then got all them kids and you're paying 50-50. You feel a way about her marrying the man after he allegedly cheated. They said they were on break. You also feel a way about her marrying this man that had three children when she had none. Folks also feel a way about Gabrielle Union and D-Wade being supportive of their transgender child. Y'all can't possibly really give a fuck about the way the two multi-millionaires pay their bills. Y'all can't be this upset. Folks are having full meltdowns in the comments and it can't be about a financial situation that only like 1% of people in the world are actually in. It can't be. I I refuse to believe that partners with a combined income of $100,000 are this angry about the financial ongoings of a household worth around 200 million. It's impossible. Y'all really mad about the transgender kid 
and her marrying him after the quote unquote busted baby. And also, I think too, I'm also going somewhere with this. The Gabrielle Union is a black woman who has the nerve to be married to an NBA superstar and also still work and also still have interviews and write books and have a whole bunch of opinions. The more outspoken that she's become in speaking about her life, her experiences, her feelings, her perspective, the less liked she's become. And it's something that happens, especially with Black women, because that's usually who I pay attention to. Like, I remember being in Essence, and there was this rumor that Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith were getting a divorce. And there was like a meltdown amongst the readership. Online, the comments were like, oh my God, how can I believe in love if Jada and Will don't make it? Mind you, this is over 10 years ago. This is long before the entanglement, but I think also more importantly before Red Table Talk. For years, Jada really didn't say shit. She took more or less a background role to Will Smith. She was hands-on raising their children. Only real things you heard about her were things that were related directly to her being a wife and her problem-solving family stuff. I remember at one time, Jada Pinkett Smith, like her most famous quote at the time, was talking about how she had to love Will Smith's ex-wife, the mother of his oldest child, Trey, because to love Trey, she had to love who created him. So she had this very unique relationship with, with Will's first wife. They actually were friends and people couldn't understand it, but they were like, yes, it's for the best that the stepmother and the mother, the whole family comes together as a nice blend for the betterment of the children. But that's kind of what Jada was known for, that and like supporting Will, being on the red carpet with Will, supporting him at all his big events, looking beautiful, looking adoring at her husband. As soon as Jada got the red table talk and actually started talking publicly about the things that women talk about with each other privately, and she talked about like, you know, my marriage hasn't been perfect. And there were times that I was upset in the marriage. She talked about she cried for like a month or three months. When she started, you know, being honest about her life experiences, people were like, oh, fuck this bitch. That's what started the downfall of Jada is Jada actually started speaking. Same thing with Aisha Curry. There was a time when Aisha Curry was held up as the wifely ideal. Oh, she's so beautiful. Okay, she has her little cooking show on YouTube. She's behaving in a very stereotypical feminine way. Like she's cooking to provide for her family. She finds joy in the kitchen and, and she's popped out. I think at the time it was just one, but one beautiful kid. But Aisha hadn't started with her magazine yet. She didn't start getting like the bigger cooking shows. And then she didn't start doing all the interviews. But as soon as Aisha Curry started speaking and actually was just honest about, you know, being an NBA wife and the level of attention that her husband gets, the real downfall for her is when she noted that all the attention that Steph gets from the opposite sex, like he gets constant validation that he's an attractive man and that he's still got it. And she was like, I don't know. Sometimes I would like that too. She was a married mother at the time, I think of three by then. And people were like, well, why do you need attention or validation from anybody other than your husband? That should be enough. Like you're now you're trying to compete in the spotlight with your husband. You want other men to look at you. What kind of wife are you? She's a wife who's also a human being who wants to feel like she still got it. She wants to feel like people still think I'm cute, like I still exist, I'm not invisible, which I think is probably what she was feeling like. It's a very honest human emotion and people just pounced on that and she's never recovered from that. She's still very much demonized despite that Drake shout out. It was kind of outdated because people dogged that woman left and right. 
She's got three kids. Why can't she just sit at home? Why does she have to be in the limelight? Like Steph won something and she's like up on the podium waving with him. Why does she always have to be all in the pictures? Like he he just won whatever. Why she got to be down on the floor congratulating him all in his face, standing next to him in the interviews. She's his wife. She's happy for him. Folks want women, especially black women, especially black wives to be largely silent and largely invisible and play into this a very stereotypical role of he takes care of you and your support and nurturing and he pays the bills and you take care of the family and you smile pretty in pictures and put on a nice dress, but don't nobody want to hear what you actually have to say. That's the message we keep sending the wives. Gabrielle, Aisha, Jada, they about to send it to Savannah too. I saw the article that she did in the cut. Shout out to Sylvia O'Bell. She's been writing her ass off. Sylvia O'Bell did the cover story for the cut. It was a real light, nice interview. The pictures are really cute. People are liking Savannah right now. She's the new Aisha. She's being upheld right now as the ideal wife. She said something in the interview about there were other NBA wives who were pursuing being an influencer or doing reality TV or more high profile things. And she was like, I was really just focused on my family and raising my children. People have been praising her for, you know, basically being LeBron's silent wife all these years. She said in the interview, I'm paraphrasing, but basically she wanted to pop out a little bit more. So Savannah was like, I have some projects going on. I've had some investments that I've done, but I have other things that I want to do and they're more public. I'm not the only one who remembers this, I'm sure. It was more than 10 years ago and they weren't married yet. I was still at Essence at the time because I remember there was a whole office conversation about it. But she did this interview and it was for one of the white magazines because we were like, yo, why didn't, if she wanted press, why didn't she come to Essence? Because we would have protected her. But she did this interview. It was a feature story. It was like in, like, I don't think it was Cosmo. I think it was like an L. She came across okay. But they interviewed LeBron and he referred to her as like, he didn't call her bruh because it wasn't the popular phrase then. But it's like he called her like his homie, his best friend, bestie homie. Something not fiance, not wife, and didn't imply a romantic, intimate relationship. And the quote was a shit show. Like it was everywhere. And it was kind of embarrassing, I think, for her that you've been with this guy since high school. You have two kids with him and he's not calling you. It could have been wifey. I don't think it was, though. I Googled to find the story, but it it didn't come up because it was so long ago. But Savannah had tried to pop out publicly like over 10 years ago and be more seen. But she did that interview and kind of got her feelings hurt. And then she went back inside. So now fast forward all these years later, she's giving it another go. I think if that's what Savannah wants to do, then do it. I just hope that she understands what she's walking into. Cause like they praising her today, the same way they did Aisha Curry, like seven to 10 years ago. Once she starts talking more, cause no one's perfect. And no one has a perfect life and no one always says the correct things. All it takes is one quote for you to be demonized. Ask Aisha Curry. Because it used to be I wanted Jada. It used to be I wanted Michelle. It used to be I wanted Aisha. I threw Michelle in there because they talked bad about Michelle Obama too. Because she's another one that started talking, being honest about her her feelings about marriage. I see constant threads about Michelle Obama and like, how could she dog out Barack like that? Imagine a man getting on a public platform and talking about he didn't like his wife for 10 years. She's always trying to undermine Barack. She's jealous of him. She still resents him. 
why is she embarrassing him like this? A man could be the whole president of the United States and women still won't be happy. All shit I've read in the past week, people saying about Michelle Obama. That's why I threw her name in there. Just Savannah girl, I hope you know what you're getting yourself into. If I was you, I'd keep doing exactly what you was doing. I would keep doing my investments. I would keep making money. I would keep raising my family. I would keep enjoying my billionaire status in the background. The internet is mean. People are mean as fuck. It can be a real fun place. It can also be a dumpster fire. To do over again, I wouldn't subject myself to it. That's part of the reason I'm not on social media right now. I mean, also the stalker. Very often the internet puts black women on a pedestal just to joyfully, gleefully knock them off. It's a sport. All right, now I'm out. Talk Tuesday. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.